Hi guys, Jim McGann, and welcome back to There I Read It on the Fangirl channel, where I'm going over each individual chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Stone, that came out weird. I've just gotten done with chapter, I think it's 11, yes, 11, the Quidditch tournament. And this is the chapter where Harry gets to play Quidditch with the team against Slytherin for the very first time. It's his very first game. And by the end of the match, Harry has lost complete control of his room stick. He's trying to hang on for dear life as it tries to throw him off. And Hermione is very, very convinced that this is because of Professor Snape, but Hagrid, of course, says, no way, no way Snape would ever hurt a student. You're crazy. So let's get down to my little notes here. Okay, so the book says that this is the first match and it's between Gryffindor and Slytherin, but they also say that if Gryffindor wins, they're going to move to second place in the house championship. But how, how does that work if the season just starts? I mean, obviously, if you have four houses, you're going to have two games and whoever wins those two games are going to be tied for second place. But I don't, I don't know. They make it sound like it's much, much higher stakes, even though it's the first game of the entire Quidditch season. And now Hermione is considered to be a friend and that she's helping with homework. They don't go into perfect detail for what that means. And they say that Hermione would never let them copy. But basically, if they handed her the wrong answer, she would tell them what the the right answers were. So even though they weren't directly copying, they were still kind of using her to cheat. And I, I, I don't know that I like that. It feels like they're being very exploitative of Hermione instead of genuinely interested in being her friend. It's like, well, we can't beat her, so we might as well find a way to make her be useful. I don't love the vibe of this so far because by the end of this chapter, I feel like Hermione is very loyal to Ron and Harry, but maybe not so much vice versa. They're still thinking of her as this annoying girl. Oh, and then according to the rules of Quidditch, there are 700 ways to commit a foul and all of them happen during a 1473 World Cup. Then the book goes back to mentioning Hermione and that she's much nicer now that she's relaxed about the rules. Is that really the issue though? Or is it that Hermione's much nicer because they're not openly hating her in this chapter? I mean, when you have people telling you, well, nobody likes her anyways, of course you're not going to be very nice. Why would you? Nobody likes you. And they see Snape limping around and they don't really know why at that point, but he kind of sees the three of them outside and marches over and like, what are you doing? And they have this flame in a jar that they weren't supposed to, but they were hiding it well enough that Snape didn't find it, but he still found Harry with a book. And he said, no books outside of the school, so minus five points for Gryffindor. And it's like, what? He just made that up. So Snape's in a Snapey bad mood. And while Harry's really just stewing about losing those points from Snape, the book says, why should he, meaning Harry, be afraid of Snape? And I know people have very much criticized me for my view of Harry's upbringing, but this type of thing really reiterates how Harry is not as bad and abused as he says. You know, kids exaggerate, they make things up, they play things off to be a million times worse than they actually are. And if a child was bullied for 10 years so severely that he was physically or psychologically scarred, why wouldn't he be afraid of an adult who is being nasty to him? And the same with Malfoy and even Hermione. Like, Harry does not come off to them as somebody who's been bullied. He comes off to them as somebody who thinks he's superior almost. And certainly Malfoy thinks he's the best of the best, but 
you know, when fire is met with fire, you just get a bigger flame. The, the only way to fight fire is with water. But still, if Harry had been bullied so severely by Dudley, like people want to interpret it, and it's not the same type of relationship that siblings have where they make each other crazy and, you know, you always have that one that's like really physical and making you nuts, but you can't really do anything about it because who's gonna listen? They're your brother. But yeah, if it was real bullying and not like a constant annoyance, then I don't see where Harry would stand up to Malfoy and be like, oh yeah, well, screw you, kid. Or be so nasty towards Hermione in the beginning, let alone be like, well, why should I be afraid of Snape? He's got such an attitude. So yeah, if Harry spent 10 years of his life being hammered down every time he annoyed Dudley, he would certainly feel like he should be afraid of Snape and Malfoy and maybe even Hermione. Or at least if not afraid of Hermione, sympathetic and wanting to be friends with Hermione other than, oh, well, she covered for me, so I guess we're kind of stuck with her now. But again, yeah, that is just where I have trouble taking certain things in the book seriously when they say, oh, the Dursleys were so awful. Guys, get in your 30s and have some kids who fight nonstop about everything and and you really do start to hear it as white noise. Like you tune it out because everything's such a problem, which most of the time means that nothing really is a problem. They just wanna complain because they're a prepubescent nightmare. But rant aside, Harry decides he's gonna go track down Snape and get his book back and you know, at least try to ask him and he won't say no if another teacher's there, showing that Harry does have a very manipulative side to him. Because again, if he had been bullied and Dudley took anything that ever belonged to him, then he really wouldn't feel entitled to have that book, would he? He'd just kind of be like, oh, same crap, different day. But anyways, I swear this time I'm moving on. Harry goes into the teacher's area and he finds Snape and he's all mangled up on his leg because he tried to rob that three-headed dog and uh, they're all thinking that maybe Snape let that troll into the castle. Mostly they want to pin the blame for the troll on Snape because they saw him walking around right before they found the troll. So it's a very convenient circumstance there to draw those dots really close together. But now it's time for the actual Quidditch game and Ron, Hermione, Neville, Seamus, and Dean the West Ham, whatever that means, hold up the sheet that says Potter for President on it, which is, I, I found that peculiar. Not like, go Harry, congratulations Harry, you know, win Harry. Harry for President. Huh? They don't even have a president in the wizarding world, do they? It's just a really peculiar thing to write out for a kid who's a sports jock right now. And as it turns out, there are some girls on the Gryffindor team. There is Chaser Angelina Johnson, and I believe Katie Bell, and I don't know if it was Alicia Spinner or Alicia Spinnett. I can't quite read what I wrote down there, but I thought that was kind of neat. I don't remember ever seeing girls in the movie playing Quidditch, but I, I, like, I like that vibe. Let's have some more inclusiveness. Girl power, yeah! But I mean, really, it's a game on broomsticks, so it's not like, you know, your upper body strength makes a difference, like it might in football or basketball or something. And the Slytherin team captain is Marcus Flint, a fifth year who apparently has a history of cheating. Then we have Lee Jordan commentating for the game with McGarnagle right behind him, making sure he does as he's supposed to and not get too far off book. Then I have Terrence Higgs as a Slytherin seeker, and I think I think that's the last Quidditch related thing I wrote down, but the game gets started and then out of nowhere, Harry's broom just starts, you know, bucking and going wild and spinning around and going higher and higher 
and everybody's kind of freaking out except for the Slytherin team. They keep like scoring points back there while all the Gryffindors are distracted. You would think that they would call a timeout, but I guess that's not in the cards. But Hermione notices that Snape is over there like making perfect eye contact, won't blink, and he's just like muttering something to himself. And so she's like, oh, he's up to something. He's doing this to Harry. And she runs across the way, however big this Quidditch field is. And she gets under, I guess, the bleachers and sets Snape on fire, knocking Professor Quirrell over as she's getting to him. But it works, and as Snape catches on fire, Harry is sort of set free of being flipped around on his broom, and he comes down looking pretty much like he's gonna throw up, but bleh, he apparently had the golden snitch in his mouth the whole time, which I, I'm not exactly clear. I didn't catch when he caught it, but surely he must have had it in his hand and then put it in his mouth as the broom went crazy, because I mean, if he caught that snitch with his mouth, he'd have no teeth left. But her Hooray, hooray, the Gryffindors end up winning the Quidditch match. And then later, Ron, Harry, and Hermione are over at Hagrid's and they find out the three-headed dog is named Fluffy and it belongs to Hagrid and was lent to Dumbledore, but those kids shouldn't worry about it, none of their business stay out of it kind of thing. And the more that the kids try to say, we think Snape did this, the more Hagrid's like, no, no, you're crazy, no, no, you're wrong, that's not right. And then he says the name Nicholas Flamel in regards to Dumbledore and whatever's under that trapdoor that Fluffy's guarding, but they do not go into any more detail as to what that is. So yeah, I think those are a pretty healthy amount of notes for this chapter. It's not a very huge chapter at all, but uh, it was another one I kind of struggled with because of all of just the sports stuff. I, I mean, there's a point where it's like, you can't really sit down and read a book that describes blow by blow a football game. It's just not very interesting. And I have the same problem with Quidditch. Although I do kind of wonder, is Harry going to keep playing on the team? Because obviously it's not safe for him to do that. Somebody's after him. But other than that, I am happy to see Hermione kind of rise in status to the boys here. Although again, I'm not perfectly content with the way that they did it and her being like, oh, well, you know, she's here. We might as well use her for homework. It just seems kind of Weasley not really wanting to be a friend kind of friend. Very fair weather, we'll dump you in a heartbeat if you annoy us type of friendship. But, you know, considering they're together for seven books, I hope that that develops better and they get a stronger, nicer relationship with each other. But other than that, I'm gonna leave it here today and thank you guys so much for watching. We're at video 11, only six more to go. There's only 17 chapters in the book. And then I really don't know um, exactly when or if I'll do the Chamber of Secrets in the same format. I'm, I'm still kind of testing it out. The stats aren't great. There's a lot of people that are either annoyed that I'm talking about Harry Potter at all because of all the issues with the author, or there are people who are annoyed that I'm not anti-Dursley based on what I read over, what, three or four chapters. But thank you to everybody who is here. I hope you're having fun in our little private party, basically. And I'll see you guys next time. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self. And I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the about tab on my channel page and my most current PO box info will be right there. I also run another channel, the family. It's 
really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video, we should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See ya next time, family members. Bye.